Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Marvel podcast. My name is Ailish and this is episode 15. Um, for anyone who's living in the UAE, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Alain, Ruiz, all around the place, um, you may not find this new, I suppose, because um, this is more so aimed at people who are thinking about moving out here who are in the middle of signing contracts because this is the month, it all happens in March. Um, so if you know anyone who's deciding to move out to the UAE and they're unsure whether to, to make the jump or not, send them this podcast. So I'll get straight into it. I sent um, my friends who live here and my friends who have already moved home a question. I said, what do you wish you knew about Abu Dhabi before you moved here? And then I also had a question box over my Instagram asking people, do they have any questions or queries about moving here? And I got some really interesting answers. Some I wouldn't have even thought of myself, to be honest, I forgot. Um, I moved here in September 2012. Um, I remember saying goodbye to my family in the airport and I was coming on my own, didn't have a clue. I was 20. I know I was a youngin, a youngin, fresh out of university. Um, and landed then in Abu Dhabi airport with a, a guy holding up a sign for the name of um, our school. And oh, like there was just like a herd of Irish people going over to the sky. I was like, oh my God, I was like, you from Ireland? Oh my God, me too, you from Ireland? It was gas. Didn't expect that at all, to be honest. And then we were all put on this bus. There was two buses. And um, we were told very quickly <laughs> that our accommodation building was not finished being built. <laughs> so we had to stay in a hotel in the city for the first, oh, I think it was 10 days, nearly two weeks. <clears throat> and... Um, I thought at the time, I was like, Jesus, this is unreal. And we got a rude awakening then when we were shipped off to Masafa. Shout out to Masafa, Shabia 9. Um, we definitely got a rude awakening then. But it was great. The crack was 90. Um, it was some laugh, to be honest. <laughs> like, So, like, I, I forget, I suppose, the little things that I was thinking of. Like, I remember, like, on Google that summer and like trying to get to know Abu Dhabi what to wear you know can I drink all these and there were like there were some YouTube videos but they were quite dated and I didn't know anyone out here I only knew my cousin um in Dubai Evelyn and she did give me a few tips and that was really helpful but I suppose like the teaching side of it, I hadn't a clue. Like my cousin Evelyn isn't a teacher. So I I didn't know what to expect with teaching here. And um, you just, you go head first in the deep end, you know. And I suppose there's no better way to learn something new that way sometimes. Um, like, yeah, the way of life here. Like I remember, I couldn't believe there was a thing called ladies night. So ladies night over here is where if you're a woman and there's a ladies night on in any specific bar that night you get free drink 
that night. And what it does is it attracts men into the bar, of course, if there's loads of ladies there. And, of course, men don't get free drink. So they're the ones that are footing the bill. Um, I couldn't believe there was a thing called ladies' night. I couldn't believe it. Um, and sure, yeah, the rest is history then. I'm here now in 2021, nine years later. Um, God, that sounds mad. 2021. 2021. I can't believe I'm here this long. Never in a million years I think I'd be here this long. But it's just, it's so good here. It's hard to walk away from, you know. So, here we go. I'm going to go straight into it. First of all, a lot of my friends kept emphasizing how important it is to say teaching is very different here and teaching is difficult um, with I suppose workload compared to home now disclaimer I have never worked in Ireland as a teacher I came straight off the boat out of university over here this is all I know I know crazy but this is all I know um my whole working life has been here I suppose apart from part-time work and stuff like that at home um but yeah so anyone that knows the UK system, Ofsted, those standards are used to create our inspection standards, except I've been told by a few British people who are in leadership roles, um, they have said that it's even higher than Ofsted standards. So if anyone's familiar with the Ofsted um, inspection kind of rubric, um it's going to be a step higher than that when we're doing inspections and stuff like that. So there is a high standard here. Um, but it's it's totally manageable. Like, you do learn very quickly the tricks of the trade and, like, how you do things and um, building lessons. And, of course, like... There's a few initiatives over here in the UAE that they like to implement in their education system, and rightly so. Um, So you'll notice that there's a few things that are a bit different compared to the UK and Ireland and wherever you are coming from, America. Um, There's a lot of British international schools here, and there's a lot of American curriculum schools as well. Um, And then you also have the public system here. So there isn't, like definitely a huge variety of schools but predominantly British there's a lot of British schools here um there's no trade unions interpret what you may from that sentence um you're on your own two feet so when you come over here to this country it doesn't matter what profession you're in your employer provides your visa so if anything hits the fan, um, you could be landing yourself in hot water with regards to your visa, your accommodation. So you have to really um, just look after your job, you know, you really do, unless you're switching jobs then. But your visa is always connected to your employer. Your employer provides it for you. Um, there's something I'm just going to touch on that I just said. Oh, Emirates ID. So your Emirates ID is basically like your residency card. So 
you can't become a citizen here in the UAE um, but you do get an Emirates ID at the beginning which is your everything you need your Emirates ID for getting Wi-Fi you need your Emirates ID for registering with anything basically it's just your identification card so you'll get that pretty fast when you first arrive and you'll yeah you'll know pretty quickly how important it is um next thing is there's a high cost of living yes it is expensive um we're very fortunate to be on a tax-free salary we do pay vat vat was added in there i think about a year ago 18 months now it's nothing crazy to be fair if you're a teacher you will get a housing allowance offered where you can get your own account accommodation with the allowance or you'll have accommodation provided by your employer um so it, it depends on how extravagant you're living your life when you you land here um you will be on a decent salary you're not paying rent so you will have disposable income and you will have a um you will have money to have a a quality a nice quality of life after school you know and at the weekends excuse me i'm going to cough (coughs) so sorry um so basically yeah just be be prepared for life being expensive but you you it'll kind of balance out with your salary and you don't actually have a lot of expenses really like you're going to pay for your own bills of course but other than that you'll be fine um it is very livable here so you're going to notice that life is very much like Europe and Ireland and the UK we can go out there's bars there's restaurants um beaches parks gyms everything is very very normal it's very um it's very livable for people who come from the western world and you know the UAE has really adapted very well um to us coming here i definitely recommend listening to my podcast with Sarah Albuquerque and I think the title was an Emirati talking about expats so she's my friend who is an Emirati she's local and she's a coach as well and we met um through coaching and she gave a really interesting perspective as to how Emiratis think about us coming over and yeah it's it was a cool podcast so I definitely recommend you listen to that um couples can live together now even if they're not married that was changed in November which is major um so definitely if you're in a couple and you're nervous about moving over you've no reason to be nervous now you are 100% safe to live together unmarried um so I know there's a lot of couples that in the past have worried about that but um yeah you can do that you can come over here and live together which is fantastic um oh yes this one is very funny my friend uh Hayley shout out to Hayley she was saying um she couldn't believe how 
you could ring your local shop and it delivers to your door. So she came over for a holiday two years ago with Sarah. Shout out to Sarah. And you, you can get the number of your local shop around the corner and you can order something and get it delivered to your door. You can get your groceries delivered to your door. Um, everything can be delivered to your door. You can get your big drums of water. FYI, don't drink water out of the tap here. It's not the done thing. Um, like, there's a lot of plastic waste here due to water bottles. So I try to avoid that as much as possible. I buy my own big drums of water. And I just have my own, like, water disp- water dispenser in my apartment. And I just use that as, like, the tap. A lot of people do that. Everyone does it, really. Um... But yeah, so it's it's not the done thing to use the well to drink the water from your your tap in your kitchen. You can certainly use it to wash your dishes and clean up and things like that. That's fine. Um, but yeah, don't drink it. It's something to do with the filter system. I don't really know to be honest. I don't. I didn't really research it. But I remember as told from day one, don't drink the water from the tap, and it's just you just don't do it. So yeah, you can get those. Um, water drums delivered to your door I actually have your man coming today with a new delivery of two drums Um, like everything is very convenient Um, we're very fortunate to live in in a country that does that for us you know so yeah very very lucky for any people who have blonde hair here we go so anyone who has blonde hair it is widely known that you need to be careful with who you go to to get your hair dyed so I remember when I first moved out here it was kind of tricky finding places now it's much better nine years later of course it's so much better um but there are hairdressers from Ireland England Europe America that have their own hairdressers their own salons here and it's much easier now to find someone who can do blonde the way you want it blonde highlights um from home so yeah you're able to get your hair done here if you have blonde hair blonde highlights don't worry about that um the next thing is the irish community is huge over here which is amazing i recommend everyone to start um to start September joining one of the GA clubs. So there's many GA clubs. You've got how many in Abu Dhabi? There's Alreem Shamrocks, Abu Dhabi Nafina. I think there's only two in Abu Dhabi. I, I haven't played now in four years. I left Nafina after five years. I played with Nafina for five years. Fantastic club. My God, I have so much to thank them for. Like it was an amazing five years and the crack was unreal. Um, but yeah, I left four years ago simply because I was beginning my training and coaching and I didn't have the time, to be honest. I just didn't have the time to commit to it anymore. So I definitely recommend to people join um, the GA clubs. Hopefully now by the time September comes around, they're in full swing. Um, there's loads of GA clubs in Dubai. You've got Dubai, Dubai Celts, Jumeirah Gales, Middle East, Kerry team I think that's what they call themselves I can't remember you've got Alain which is in the Emirate of Abu Dhabi but it's about two hours away 
You've got Sharjah Gales, Ruiz. I think Russell Kama have a team now, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I've been a long time out of it now, lads, but there, like, there's football clubs everywhere around the UAE, around the Gulf. You know, you've got Qatar, Oman, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, uh, Kuwait. There's loads. So I definitely recommend, even if you don't play football, like it's great to meet people, to connect with people from home. It's great for networking. And I think it's really healthy to have friends outside of your work. And that's where you meet people from different places that you work in. So I definitely recommend that. Um, yeah, even if you don't play, like there, there's beginners always that join the clubs. It's very welcoming. So I highly, highly recommend that. Um, I did get a question from someone who asked me, are there any Irish societies over there that don't play sports? So there is the Abu Dhabi Irish Society, but it's more of an organisation that, of course, now we have COVID, there's really no events, but they would have arranged events like um, the St. Patrick's Day ball and there would have been a Christmas ball as well. And I think they arrange Irish dancing lessons for um, Irish expat children, which is really cool. And they do Irish lessons as well for um, Irish language classes as well. They arrange that. I'm sure there's so many other things they arrange. But yeah, the Irish um, Abu Dhabi Irish Society is here. But I know this girl is asking in terms of like connecting with Irish expats and networking and socializing really it's the GAA is is just it's the massive scene here so even if you don't want to play and you don't really feel like um you even want to go at the beginner level I highly recommend go to the events that they have now of course it's COVID but hopefully um things will get better in the near future and when there's events on with the GAA clubs Definitely go along, even if you don't play, because you'll meet loads of people through that. Now, I do highly recommend just playing for a few months even. Just go to a few trainings and meet people. It's a really great way. But if you really, really don't want to play sports, I totally understand that. Definitely go to the events that they hold um, and you'll meet new people very easily through that. So please, God, now COVID will subside in the near future. Um, oh, something really uh, fun fact, I suppose. It's normal plugs over here. The plugs are normal. So whatever plugs we have um, in the UK and Ireland, the exact same plugs are over here. So it'll be different for the people coming from America and it will be different for the people coming from mainland Europe, from like France, Germany, Spain. So make sure you have an adapter. Um if you're coming from those countries, but anyone coming from the UK or Ireland, you don't need an adapter. It's the very same plugs. Um, we just got Insta Music this last two weeks <laughs> in the UAE, and we got Reels this week, which was like, oh my God, Reels is unreal. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, yeah, so we're a bit behind the time sometimes now when we're getting updates to social media. We have all social media apps. We have Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, WhatsApp, Instagram, TikTok, the whole lot of them. Um, 
so with some features that are added it takes a while so we have that now we can't do insta lives and um, we need a vpn for that so that brings me on to my next point sorry now you're going to hear a page turning i've loads of notes here making sure i give you all the information i can so vpns are really popular to have here but you need to be careful okay so like if we're going to talk um how do i say this we're not supposed to but a lot of people have vpns okay so it's quite the done thing here we just have to be careful basically like if you're doing anything dodgy when using a vpn or if you're doing anything seriously illegal that's when you'll you'll hit yourself into hot water but if you're using vpn just to watch different shows and to do different things like insta lives like i did loads of instagram lives in lockdown the only way i could do an instagram live was when i was on my vpn because they don't have them here but um yeah vpn is kind of the done thing here just kind of like just air on the right side of the law basically when you're whatever you're doing with the vpn but you'll be fine um there is also now that i think of it there is also an irish um there's an Irish person, I don't know who it is, but they're often advertising on the what the Facebook groups. Like, there's loads of Facebook groups. So, like, Irish in Abu Dhabi, Irish in Dubai. Um, I'm sure you have British ones, British in Abu Dhabi, British in Dubai. You have loads of expat groups on Facebook. So, definitely get onto Facebook. Join those. You also have ones specifically for teachers as well, for any teachers out there. Join those Facebook groups. Um, but on the Facebook groups, they often advertise someone who can install the Irish channels into your TV. Now, I've never done it, but I know you can get the channels from home. I personally just use the RTE player if there's something I want to watch from home. Um, and then for the matches, so when you want to watch GAA, you can watch GAA Go. That's the website. Um, you'll pay about €10. Euro. Pardon me. <clears throat> about 10 euro for a game or you can pay a package like a season package or you can just go to the bar you can just go to the irish bars around the place and watch it as well that's a great atmosphere i enjoy doing that as well so will we have more ga coming up this season i really hope we do it's currently march 20th here uh sorry i'm taking a sip of my herbal tea um it's currently march 20th here so i'm hoping ireland is in lockdown at the moment level five so hopefully in the coming weeks we'll have the GA back up and running and um yeah we can head to an Irish bar and watch some fo football up Kerry <laughs> um speaking of that when we're going out at the moment in the UAE I can speak for Abu Dhabi I can't really speak for the details of Dubai but in Abu Dhabi it's four people to a table and you can't really play musical chairs now, I think it depends on the bars, but the the rule is you stay seated, four people to a table, and you don't need to have your mask on. Obviously, you take your mask off when you're at the table and you can drink then. There's no time limit like there is in Ireland. Um, I know Ireland had the time limit of 90 minutes, I think. There is no time limit here. Once you book your table, that's it. Then you're there for the night if you wanted. Um so yeah, it's it's great. Like we're very lucky. We're very very fortunate that we can even go out here 
and we can have a meal or we can have a few drinks. Um, of course, it's not the same, but we'll take it, you know, we'll count our blessings. Um, okay, the next thing I have here is Dubai and Abu Dhabi are two separate cities. So everybody knows Dubai because it's the tourist hub here in the, the Middle East. Um UAE, United Arab Emirates, is the country. Emirates are basically like states, like counties. There's seven emirates. And Dubai is an emirate. Abu Dhabi is an emirate. So Dubai City is 90 minutes drive away from Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi is the capital. I know, you never would have thought, huh? Everyone thinks Dubai is the capital, but no. <coughs> we're the capital down here in Abu Dhabi. Um, the embassy is here. So if you are in Dubai and you have anything to um, get sorted with the embassy, like passport renewal, um, you would have to come down to Abu Dhabi. And yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. Um, we do have to get COVID tests over the border. So like I'm an Abu Dhabi resident. So when I go to Dubai, I can go to Dubai. And then when I come back into Abu Dhabi, I have to get COVID tests. Um, and then if you're from Dubai, when you're coming into Abu Dhabi, you have to have um, a COVID test. And then when you go back to Dubai, I don't think you need a test to get back in. So Abu Dhabi is definitely um, a little bit more stricter with COVID testing. Um, but I'm very thankful for it. Also, while we're talking about COVID testing, I don't mean to go on about this, but I think it's really important. Um, at the moment, teachers are required to get tested every two weeks. Um it's free, even though there was talk of them charging. It's still free at the moment. I had my most recent one there about three, four days ago, um, and they didn't charge me for it. So there was talk of them charging, but I haven't been charged, and it's March. So um, every two weeks, we get tested here in Abu Dhabi. Dubai, there's no testing. I think you can you can choose to get your test if you want, but you have to pay. But you're not required as a teacher in Dubai to get tested every two weeks. So it's very different. So you're probably thinking, how are we in the same country and the different rules? Yeah, I know. So um, there, there's two different governments, really. Each emirate has their kind of their own way of governing. But um, Dubai has their own way of governing. Like they've got their own government. And then the same for Abu Dhabi. So that's why we're two cities in the same country, but very different approaches to COVID. While I'm on the topic, Sharjah is an emirate just outside Dubai. It's a dry emirate. Dry means there's no alcohol there. There's only one place in the emirate where you can get alcohol. And that is at the GA pitch slash rugby club Sharjah Wanderers. Um, there was some British occupation there years ago like it goes way back there was some British um I think it was like a British occupation or a British embassy or I don't know if I'm saying this right but there was something to do with people from the UK coming over and they were able to have a bar there and it's in like a free zone or something I'm sure there's someone listening from Sharjah that can explain this better I apologize if I'm not explaining this properly but there is some story and of course, whenever there's um, the GA tournament um, in Sharjah, you probably st you, you stay in Sharjah for the night, really, unless you're going to go home to Abu Dhabi or you, 
you go across the border and you go out on the night out in um, Dubai. Now, this is pre-COVID times. Oh, my God. I'm just, like, thinking of how different life is right now as I'm talking. My God. Anyway. Um, and they have the bar there in Sharjah. And you basically come off the pitch, you get showered, and then you're out for the night in this bar on the pitch. It's great, like. Um, but, yeah, just so people know that if you're offered um, a place to to work in Sharjah, it's not in Dubai. Now, they will sell it to you that you're in Dubai, but you're not really in the city of Dubai. Um, you're about an hour's drive from Dubai with traffic. Traffic can be pretty hectic, I know, out that direction. Um, on a good day, it's probably 40 minutes, maybe. Um, half an hour, 40 minutes. But yeah, with traffic, it will be a while. So just kind of keep that in mind if you're being given a school in Sharjah. But great crack up in Sharjah. We won't knock it, lads. There's great crack up in Sharjah. They have great crack. They have a great football team as well. Another point one of my friends made, uh, and she was really shocked by, is it's really built up here. Like you imagine you're coming to the desert, um, but it is. It's it's really built up here, and buildings are built really fast. They just shoot up. Um, Dubai, I think, is just scattered with cranes. The skyline is like it's amazing. Dubai skyline is beautiful. But it's also scattered with so many cranes because they're building so, so much. Um, But of course, the benefits of that with them building so much, everything is really modern. Everything is really new. Um, Yeah, we're very, very fortunate with the quality of stuff we have here. And they're always thinking of the next best thing. You know, like if it doesn't exist here, you can guarantee that they will try to build it. Um. You know, like, and again, t- I'm touching on like what I spoke with Sarah Albuquerque, my friend who's a local here, and I interviewed her on the podcast. Like, we spoke about that, that there's no such thing as impossible here. Like, it is the land of possibility, which is just beautiful. Like, it's it's amazing and it's inspiring. Like, you know, um, there there is no such thing as no. You know, they, they will build it and you have to admire that. Of course, they have the finances to do it as well which many countries don't, but um, yeah, like they they really do have some really cool things that they're building. Um, I'm looking at my list here now. Oh yeah, okay. So stories you see in the media are exaggerated, okay? You need to take it with not just a pinch of salt, a bag of salt, right? Like we all have stories, Pardon me, sorry. We all have um, stories we can tell of a different country we've gone on holiday to. We all have these crazy stories that we can tell and turn people off coming. But, like, the media is... I I just don't take any notice of it. It's just... There's, there's always these random instance, incidents that happen. And, yes, they may sound scary when they're reported, but... Um, the media is creating headlines to scare you for clickbait. Remember that, clickbait. And there's always more to the story. Like whenever there's something published in the UK or Ireland, it's never published here. It, there's never any um, negative headlines over here. It's just not a thing. You don't ever hear of anything being published here. You hear from hearsay. And whenever there's something published in the UK or Ireland about something that's happened here, you may actually hear the real story over here in this side, in the UAE, and it's totally different. So just 
don't get turned off by that. Don't be scared coming over here. Take it with not a pinch, a bag, a bag of salt. And um, just like have your wits about you, like err on the right side of the law, which is very easy here. We're very fortunate with the quality of life we have here and the way we can live our lives. It's very normal, you know. Yes, it's religious law, which is called Sharia law. It It is a, a serious law, but if you're just, if you're aware of it and you you know what it's about and what you can and you can't do, it's very easy to, to live your life, life as normal. So please, please, if there's someone out there right now listening and they're feeling a bit uneasy when they see these headlines coming out yes they're there to scare you on purpose they're there to to give you the shock factor there's always more to the story so um yeah just don't don't take it for what it is by the headlines that's what I would say um we do live in a very civilized society and I do put that down to the way the laws are here you know they are very strict laws if you do cross the line you know like you really don't want to you just don't want to go there. Um, so it's very safe. So the, there's two ways of looking at it, you know, because the laws are really strict. Some people might say, you know, it's very scary what could happen. But then on the flip side, it's a very safe place because of that, because no one wants to break the law. No one wants to get in trouble. Um, and it is very civilized. So like... I feel very safe here, even like at night time. I live here on Ream Island. I would easily go for a walk on my own around the place when the sun has set. Easily. I wouldn't even give it a second thought. Um, I'd go for a run in the morning before the sun has risen. Like I'd feel so safe here when the sun isn't shining. I would be around the place on my own, no problem. Or I'd meet my friend and there'd be two, two of us, like two women walking around at night. Totally normal. You know, and I think we're very fortunate to even know that we're safe to do that because I know in recent times, um, I'm not going to speak on it, but just in recent times, we know that that has not been the case for people, um, for women, you know, um, in other places. So, yeah, very, very lucky how safe it is. Very, very fortunate. And it's totally normal as a woman to be out walking, running, meeting your friends at night time and just walking around the place like it's totally okay um there's loads of tourist attractions absolutely loads my friends kept telling me that Sarah and Haley, shout out to you girls again they couldn't believe how much there was to do here when they came over on holidays um and I've had a few people over on holidays of course between friends and family um there is so much to do like every time um my mom my aunt have come over now five or six times every time we come over there's something new to do there's always something new to show them because like I said everything is being built really fast so um yeah the tourist attractions are amazing between Ras Al Khaimah Dubai Abu Dhabi um Alain all over all over the UAE there's some really cool things to do um I'm just looking at my list here oh yeah so like there's loads of like beach clubs so at the weekends you'll do a day at the beach or there'll be beach clubs or there's a pool day you could do boat parties are quite popular um, especially with the covid rules there's like you're allowed to have boat parties and um, brunches so brunch brunch what we would 
traditionally no brunch as is breakfast and lunch together and we'd have that as just like our breakfast at home in Ireland but it's very different over here brunch is now it's your party basically so you go brunches are typically three to four hours um and you you just pay a fee so you could be paying anything from ballpark maybe 40 euro to you could have brunches up to 100 euro if not more 120 euro depending on how extravagant they are um obviously the more expensive ones are like unbelievable um and you get all you can eat all you can drink in those four hours and then you often would have like a rollover offer after for to kind of keep you drinking and to keep you there you know um or drunch as they now call it we that was introduced about two three years ago drunch where it's only you you pay for a package for drinking afterwards no that was introduced god no longer say five or six years ago that was the first time i heard of that it's a good idea anyway um and then of course you've ladies nights so there's ladies nights every night of the week in a different bar every night so like if you're off a random day in the middle of the week you'll find somewhere to go out for a ladies night it's very like yeah 100 percent. now i will say the nightlife has definitely got a bigger reputation in dubai than abu dhabi like dubai's nightlife is amazing and you know it is for a reason like they've they they, they really go all out in dubai and if you're from abu dhabi um you'll know that like we would often have a big weekend in dubai we'd, we'd treat ourselves <laughs> quite often before covid times anyway i love dubai love dubai so much it's such a great night out there and it's it's so fab it's really nice there um now abu dhabi though i tell you that they've built up a lot more places on sadiat and yas island um it's definitely got better in the last few years um with the nightlife so it's good to see um when you compare the two cities dubai is definitely more hectic even with traffic like the way that they have their roads built, you miss one wrong turn, lads, you're gone for 20 minutes until you have the next turn off. So you have to be really careful with your with your Google Maps when you're up in Dubai. Um, you, you really have to like approach. If you're going for the left, you need to approach with caution that you're not going to miss that left-hand turn because if you miss that left-hand turn, you're toast for another 20 minutes. Whereas Abu Dhabi is more of a grid system and there's a U-turn every 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 few minutes is very easy um that would be the only difference and the, yeah there would be more traffic i suppose in dubai fun fact I, i'll tell you though abu dhabi is the quietest or like has the least amount of traffic for a capital city in the world because abu dhabi is the capital so yeah it's um it has the least amount of traffic for any capital in the world which i believe it is it, like I can get from my house here, my house, my house is me, my apartment. I can get from my apartment to the city in seven minutes, I'd say five. Yeah. Um, now I'm very close to the city as well, but like traffic isn't a problem really. We're very lucky. You would have a little bit of traffic in the morning when you're going to work, but it's it's nothing mad, honest to God, it's nothing mad. You don't really have to factor it in. Whereas Dubai, you probably would have to factor in the traffic when you're going to work. Um, what else? 
I spoke about the laws here. Yeah, like just to kind of touch on like religion isn't something that's forced onto you here. Um, you know, we do respect the way of life here. Um, but I feel like everything is really just like chill. We're all living together really chilled. Like um, you often hear the call to prayer every day. The call to prayer um, in Islam Muslims pray five times a day, so you have the call to prayer, which go, which is like the sound of um, the Imram. Imram is like, Imram is the name of the person that sings in the mosque. They sing the Quran. The Quran is our, like, the Quran is the book which will be equivalent to the Bible in Christianity. So we have the Bible in Christianity and we have the Quran in Islam. So Imram is, I think it's kind of the equivalent of a priest. So like the Imram would marry um, a man and a woman in Islam, basically, um, two Muslims. So the Imram sings from the mosque, which is the call to prayer, which is to signal it's time to pray. Um, And that's five times a day. So yeah, you can hear that five times a day. You probably won't hear it all five times because you'd be sleeping during the night. But um, it's you just get used to it. It's fine, to be honest. Fun fact, when it's the call to prayer, music stops playing in the shopping mall. So if you're in Topshop, um, well, Topshop is gone now. Well, if you're in H&M and you're shopping and they'll have Dua Lipa's playing over the speaker and the call to prayer will be on then and they'll stop playing the music just out of a sign of respect. Um, but they don't do that in, they don't do that in bars, but they would do it in um, like a shopping mall or something like that. Um, there are loads of malls here in the UAE and you can get all your high street stuff. Um, boots, Virgin Megastore, Adidas, Nike store, everything, everything. You have everything as normal here. Your home comforts are a luxury. Um, so you will go to the supermarkets called Weight Rose and Spinnies. That's where you'll get your home comforts, but you'll pay for them. Oh, you'll pay. You'll pay a pretty penny for them because um, of the import tax and the cost of getting them in, you know. Now, you can get potatoes and you can... Um, potatoes, I think, are in Spinnies. You can get... Um, products i know the chippy in abu dhabi they opened there i think last year they're open about 18 months and they have irish products in there and they also are um they're a fish and chip shop as well and there's one in abu dhabi and there's one in Reem island and there's one in al sif which is another another part of abu dhabi so yeah you can definitely get irish um products here like foods but you'll pay for it but it's it's a treat you know it would be a treat it's a luxury for you um you will feel homesick to begin with it's inevitable okay even if you're coming out here with your friends from home you will definitely have that roller coaster of emotions stick it out i always tell people give it the year just give it the year and see how you are um there are expat stages that I've spoken about in the past where you have the honeymoon stage where you come off the plane, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, life is so good, you're like, oh my God, I've made it, 
all the work of finding a job is worth it you've got there then you'll hit the culture shock stage where you're thinking oh my god what am I doing like is this normal like should I should I have made this decision then you'll hit the adjustment stage where you'll actually start to adjust and get a routine in you'll be um finding your feet and then you've got like the mastery stage where you are content and you've made it your home your second home and you've got your routines established and you just you you know a lot more and you're aware and you're also noticing that you can help others that's a real sign that you're you're comfortable and you're 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 in the know of what of what it's about so yeah definitely um take it in your stride baby steps you know um one of my friends put into the uh instagram question box that don't be surprised if you get skipped in a queue as a woman yes that can happen um not often um sorry i'm taking a bit of my tea it's not going cold because i'm talking so much but um it's not you don't see it often but sometimes it can happen um if you're getting things done officially and you have to go to um buildings to get things stamped or whatever like sometimes it can happen but it would be very very rare um i do think it's definitely improved but sometimes it does happen um the aircon is always on yes malls are cold cinema is freezing bring a hoodie when you go into the cinema even if it's in the middle of summer the aircon is so cold in the cinema um so be prepared for that always like just wrap up when you're going to the cinema and the the mall would be quite chilly as well it would be cold because the aircon is on all the time apparently we have one of the largest carbon footprints in the world because of that which doesn't make me feel great but what can we do um recycling is an effort over here they do have the the rubbish bins organized for recycling in the mall but other than the mall like when you're actually recycling your own waste from your apartment um yeah it's 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 an effort to even find where to dispose of it which is a pity you know um so yeah just yeah yeah it's yeah I don't want know what else to say about that. Dress code and etiquette. Um, if it was before COVID, you don't reach out to shake um, a local's hand until they do. So if you're going to meet, if you're a teacher and you're having a parents meeting and you're meeting the child's parents, you always wait for them to, sh- to give their hand out to greet you because some will and some won't. And it's just preference. It, it's not an insult to you. It's just... Um, the man would do it out of respect for his wife so you just you just wait you just wait to see if they stick their hand out to shake your hand or not now of course it's covid that's not going to happen right now but um just an interesting thing to share with you there if it was before covid i hope yeah i'm not even gonna go there i just yeah anyway covid is coming up a lot in this podcast and i didn't intend for it i'm very sorry um there's lots of speed cameras yeah and they're um everywhere absolutely everywhere so it's very easy to get caught um you'll get a hefty fine as well not as hefty as ireland like but um yeah the speed cameras everywhere 
So just be mindful of that. Um, especially on the road to Dubai when you're driving. It's a straight road to Dubai. Such an easy drive. I enjoy driving to Dubai, actually. I like it. Um, I just pop on a podcast. It's great. But there's loads of speeding cameras on your way to Dubai, so you really have to be careful. Um, And finally, Ramadan is... So it's a bit like Lent in Christianity. In Islam, they have Ramadan. So basically... Um, it's one of the five pillars of Islam. So um, one of their um, things, how can I say this? One of their principles, I suppose, is that they fast once a year. So what it is, is basically when the sun is shining for a month and it moves back 10 days every year, according to the moon. So there was a time where Ramadan was in the sweltering heat of the summer. I can't imagine how hard it would have been for them, for um, Muslims to fast in the heat. You know, it's so hard. So every year it goes back 10 days, according to the moon. So now it's going to be the middle of April this year, which is um, obviously it's not in the middle of the, the heat, in the peak of the summer, which is great. So it depends on the amount of sunlight. Um, so basically... They fast all day when the sun is shining. They don't drink any water and they don't eat any food. And they do pray a lot more um, than five times a day. And we have to abide that. So we can't be seen in public to be drinking water or eating um, during the daytime. Now, there are um, restaurants that, like, it's definitely become a lot more flexible in the last I'd say four four or five years where a restaurant might have curtains up on the windows and they'll be open during the day and then people who aren't Muslim can go in and have their lunch or their dinner or whatever when the sun is shining so like there's definitely been a lot more flexibility with it and it, apparently it's because they wanted to um, just to be more flexible for tourists because they do want tourists to come so that was, I think, yeah, about four or five years ago, they started doing that, which was nice. So basically, um, Muslims, they get up before sunrise and they have suhoor, which is S-U-H-O-O-R, suhoor. So suhoor is basically, they have their meal before the sun rises and they have their water. Then when the sun rises, they begin their fast. They go all day. And then when the sun sets, they have something called iftar. And iftar is when they break their fast. And they break their fast with an odd number of dates and water. So they either have one date, three dates, uh, five dates. Dates, as in I mean the food dates. They don't go on dates. <laughs> so um, they have an odd number of dates to break their fast and then water. Really popular over here if you get invited to an iftar. Um, you know, you would definitely out of respect you'd agree to it you know it's it's a sign of um just welcoming other people into their culture and their religion and showing people who aren't muslim what it's like and it's lovely like iftars are really cool so it's really popular now covid again there won't be any iftars happening um so yeah also there was something else i just thought of oh yeah you have to be careful don't be drinking don't be chewing chewing gum 
you can get caught for that that can be seen as you're breaking the rule breaking the law you can get fined so don't be chewing chewing gum when you're in public um so yeah you have suhoor and iftar um there's shorter working hours as well so um the schools will be a shorter working day i think it'll be about four hours which is nice you know it is like and it's out of respect for the children that are fasting the teachers that are fasting so a lot of people who aren't muslim like the irish expats would take it as like a month of like getting healthy we've always taken that approach which again is cool because we're kind of part of it in a way of getting healthy some people i've known some people who try it who try the fasting um and they they find it really interesting to do um so yeah it's it's fine like it's really quiet you know you don't have a lot of music now there is um a lot of traffic when it's the sun is setting so it's really popular that the police will hand out um water like pieces of water uh pieces of water says me like bottles of water um to people that are in traffic as the sun is rising so if they're in a hurry to get home to break their fast it's um very popular the police will have, have water for them now car crashes are quite popular which is very sad um there can be an increased number of car crashes during ramadan because of people that are fasting and there's fatigue and they're dehydrated so just be a little bit more careful when you're driving on the roads um but yeah that can happen it's it's yeah it's very sad pregnant women don't fast um and people who are elderly they don't fast or people who are ill um they don't fast and then like a woman who is pregnant during the year then after she's had the baby she can then do her own ramadan month without um having to follow the specific time so let's say if someone is pregnant now and they have ramadan in the middle of april and then they have the baby in june then she can decide to do ramadan in october november if she wanted and she'll do it herself um yeah you'll get invited i'm just looking at my list here you'll get invited to them um i'm just looking at my list of things here oh there's a thing called hakalela as well which is kind of cool hakalela is a celebration for the children really um before ramadan happens it's about a week or two before it and it's where the children get money and sweets it's a bit like halloween a little bit like halloween but for the kids and they learn about ramadan and why it's important and it's seen as like a month of connecting with their family and praying and connecting to their religion um and just relaxing you know and um it is seen as a really sacred time for them to connect with their family which is nice and so hakalela is about a week or two weeks before it and it's to celebrate the kids and um they would get loads of of sweets and money and stuff like that and a lot of the schools would celebrate it of course wouldn't celebrate it right now given the time we're in but that would typically be what would happen um and children would start fasting as young as seven eight upwards um it can be purse it can be up to the families um but yeah don't be surprised if you see children as young as seven or eight that are fasting some i've seen in the past a lot a lot of parents would give the children um 
they'd ease them into it. They'd only get them to do it for a couple of hours because they know it's quite difficult for children that age. But each year then they'd kind of build up the um, ability to do it. So, yeah, that's it, lads. Oh, my God, we've an hour, an hour. Um, the song that I'm going to end on, firstly, I just say, please reach out if I have not addressed anything. Um, or if there's something I haven't um, touched on, please let me know. And um, yeah, I hope I've, yeah, I hope I have actually touched on everything. Um, yeah, shoot me out a question and um, I hope this has helped anyone who's thinking of moving over. So the song I'll end on is because the week that's in it, we celebrated um, St. Patrick's Day this week, obviously in a different way. Um, Tin Lizzy, Dancing in the Moonlight. Absolutely love that song. Phil in it. Um, of course, I love him too. Such a great band and I love that song. I love the guitar riff that's in it. I think it's just amazing. So stick that on. I'll put it in the subs- the description box, the link to it, but I'm sure you'll know how to find it yourself. I can't add it in here because of copyright reasons. Um, but yeah, that song was created in 1977. So it's such a tune. I just love it. It gets me in a good vibe. So I'm going to end it there and wish you the best of luck with your move over to the UAE. I hope I've helped you. And um, yeah, reach out to me anytime when you have a question and um, pass this on to someone who's moving over. All right. Best of luck and take care. <laughs>